Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. We're back here on the second guest show. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Aver, live from the Silver Slipper Casino beachside right here in Hancock County, Mississippi. On our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line, Glenn Gilbo covers LSU football, but Glenn, we're going to break this up into two parts. We'll talk about your new book first. And, man, when I saw it, that's not a lot of guys that get to sit down with basically a living legend, and that's Skip Bertman, to have him tell his story. So kind of give us a little bit of background. How long did it take you to get Skip to finally give that interview or interviews for the book and his legacy? Man, listen. He's on the SEC Mount Rushmore well, well, for the it, impact it, he it, had it, in the SEC. And, and, you know, Glenn, is he like the Nick Saban of college baseball? Pretty close. I mean, that's what I think. Um, yeah, I think he is. He had the process long before Nick came yep, to LSU. Right. Sure, yeah. he, had, he had the process in the, in the 80s. But, uh, no, I, I actually uh, sat down with Skip and his pitching coach from back in the day, Dan Canterbury, before – LSU's home opener in 2018, and uh, he he asked me to, to do the book then. Um, oh, okay. He was, and uh, you know he had talked to some other people, and and Leo Honeycutt had already done a book, but Skip changed his mind about that book, so he wanted somebody else to look at it, and and you know I, I just got lucky because I had covered Skip in his first year at LSU, and I I covered and his last year at LSU, and a lot of teams uh, in between, and I covered him a lot as as athletic director, so he was just real familiar with me, and he remembered, I was like one of the first guys to interview him in his (laughs) office, which used to be in the Maravich Assembly Center, uh, down the hall from Daddy Dale, and he did not have nearly as big an office as Coach Brown had. (laughs) But uh, so he, he he just remembered that we got along well when I actually was his beat writer in 2000 and 2001 at the Advocate. Just, but Skip, for a lot of people, maybe from another generation, don't realize what he inherited when he came here from Miami of Florida to LSU. Uh, man, you could there were people not going to the games. They were basically giving away tickets uh, if you wanted to go watch LSU baseball. And he created an atmosphere of winning that is just unparalleled uh, when you look at it across the board. Other than Nick's run or Dietzel's run in the late 50s into the early 60s, there hasn't been a more dominant coach than Skip Bertman. No, well, some of the players, you know, said they felt like they were playing for the John Wooden 
of, of college baseball or the Bear Bryant of, of college baseball. And uh, it, he's not exaggerating when you, when you talk about the program before he got there. I was a freshman oh, at LSU in 79, 80, and I remember going over to do a story on Jack LeMay for the Daily Reveille, and there was, there was one of his assistants who was, like, changing clothes in the <laughs> office, you know, and I'm like, whoa, you know, and, and, and the, the, the locker room was just a, a mess, and, and uh, supposedly, uh, you know, they, they just didn't really take care of the place at all, and one of the first things Skip did was that was on his list of things that's in the book um, was the first thing he did was clean up the, the locker room and then paint. And, the, and some of the first things the players did was, was cut the grass and paint and do manual labor, you know, and they, they thought they were going to LSU to play baseball. <laughs> you have to learn how to be a painter. Yeah, or a yeah, all, all of a sudden in the grounds crew <laughs> yeah. and, and then they cut grass. Yeah. Uh, Glenn, all a little bit. NIL. That's right. <laughs> Glenn, a little bit about, and uh, I didn't get to read it all, but uh, the thoughts, because somebody had asked me, knowing that you were going to be on, his thoughts on Albert Bell, where you can make an argument, he may have been the best player Skip ever had at LSU, and there was some turbulence with Albert, okay? Uh, And there was turbulence with Albert when he went to Major League Baseball also. But as a talent, man, Albert Bell was unbelievable as a, as a baseball player at LSU and also in the major leagues. Oh, yeah. Well, well toward the end of the book, I, I do quote Skip saying that he, was, he went by Joey Bell at LSU. Yeah, right. was the best, best hitter, best hitter he ever had. You know, I had done work for a chapter on Joey Bell and interviewed several people about Joey. I wasn't able to get Joey on the phone, but uh, Mark Guthrie, some guys that played with him. All said he was a great teammate uh, until he lost his temper, you know. But that was—I think—that was, I think that was a, one of my regrets. We didn't—we didn't get that chapter in, in the book because uh, it really showed. Skip gave Joey Bell every chance he could, and, yes, and he, he kicked did. him off the team right before the the uh, playoffs. So if he'd have had Joey Bell, he would have won oh. his first national championship in 1987. I, I don't think it's a reach uh, to say that, but he he put his foot down, and, and really the players wanted him to, to not be on the team anymore either because it was too much of a distraction and he had some, he had some issues, you know. He still became a great, a great player, though, and a lot of the players, you know, have stayed friends with him. But I, I remember watching him play, and he was, he was amazing. I mean, he, he was great in the outfield, too. He yes, he was. He could, do every, he could do everything, had a great arm, and, and he was one of the most feared hitters in Major League Baseball yeah. for several years with the Indians. Now, uh, you know, Glenn, when you look at the history of college baseball and now all, to me, this is where I get the most respect, too, because uh, everyone loves money. And the bottom line <laughs> is that different universities are putting uh, money into their baseball programs. Uh, to me, just talk about when you, uh, I don't know, when you investigated and you looked at all in the background. To me, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but it was like Skip Bertman and Ron Polk. Yep. That, that uh, all of a sudden uh, baseball can have an impact at the university that's positive and not just something that uh, is just part of athletics, but we actually uh, can make some money from this. Oh, yeah. Well, that's one of the amazing things about Skip that, that's in the book and maybe many people don't realize. I mean, 
Skip was a genius at coaching during the game and developing players and calling pitches. He he was always three or four innings ahead, okay? But he was always an, he, he was an unbelievable businessman and raising money because he didn't want to wait. You know, there's a lot of bureaucracy at a school like LSU, especially when he went to LSU, they were used to not doing anything for baseball. So he did it all himself. He raised right. the money. He set up the meetings. He, he formed the coaches committee, which – which raised money for the program. He did all that himself. He got he got buildings built. He got his own office built at Alex Box, and one of the controllers for LSU was driving down the street where the box used to be and said, what the hell is that? And somebody said, oh, well, that's Skip's office. And said, well, we didn't clear that. You know, well, Skip did it himself. <laughs> he did everything himself, you know, and, and he spent years trying to convince the leaders at LSU, look, you can make some money here, and it took him about – you know, about eight years before they finally saw the light and started putting money back into the program. You know, he, he fought that his whole career. And really, one of the reasons he, he decided to become AD was because he, so he could get the new baseball stadium built because he didn't trust anybody else to do it. They kept putting it off. And finally, he got it done. And it's a great stadium. It still is. Now, now, Glenn, with that, though, uh, was Ron Polk, him and Ron Polk, were they just old buddies or it's just the timing oh, yeah. uh, was right? Or how did that work out? Well, now, Ron, Ron Polk was a great coach before Skip at, at Mississippi State, but he didn't have to fight the battles right. at Mississippi State because Mississippi State took baseball seriously already. Okay. Um, but, no, Ron Polk and Skip go all the way back to Miami. They, they were assistants. Um, at Miami and at, 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 at junior highs in Miami at the same time. And they've been friends a long time. And, and when Mississippi State would play at LSU, Ron Polk used to actually go over to Skip's house and, <laughs> and, uh, and visit with Sandy and, and the family and, and eat over there. You could, could you imagine, you know, Nick going <laughs> over gracious. to Coach's house, you know. So, so yeah, they're, they're, they're old friends, and, and they like to pick on each other. But I talked to Ron. Ron's quoted in the – in the book, and you know he has a lot of respect for Skip, obviously, and vice versa. Uh, for anybody who's interested in getting a copy, is it you can order it off Amazon? I know it's in some of the bookstores, so kind of tell everybody a, a little bit about how they can get uh, the book on Skip Burton. Actually, right now, the only way you can get the book is is for me to give you a copy, which I dropped a couple off at you guys' offices last okay. week. But, but uh, the, only, the only way you can get it right now is through AcadianHouse.com. Okay, Acadian, Acadian House. Okay. Acadian House, A-C-A-D-I-A-N, House.com, and order the book. It's $30. It'll be for sale eventually at Barnes & Noble and Amazon. But right now it's just at AcadianHouse.com slash sports, and you'll see Skip's picture. <laughs> Do you think in our, from what you see today, with Jay Johnson, uh, how that's going to work out for him at LSU. Uh, I got him described to me. I have a friend of mine who scouts uh, Major League Baseball players out west, and he told me before, right before the start of the season, he's the SEC version in baseball of Steve Spurrier. <laughs> well, you know, he is kind of an offensive coordinator. Yes. I think that's why Scott Woodward hired him because, you know, it, uh, in pro sports and college, people tend to hire the, a different coach than they had before. 
Uh, and Paul Maneri was kind of a defense guy, a, a, a pitching guy, and didn't have great offenses all the time. Sometimes he really did, but in the, the last couple of years, the offense wasn't there. And Jay Johnson is, is all offense, you know, and I think that sells tickets. I think that's what Scott Woodward was, was talking about. He did have some issues with his pitching staff this year. But the first thing he said after he got eliminated by Southern Miss in Hattiesburg, I was there, was he's got to get some more pitches. But, <laughs> but he's, going to score, he's going to score runs, and they're going to be exciting. And, and uh, you know, I, I think he's eventually going to, going to win a national championship and start going to Omaha more regularly. I mean, he's, he's definitely committed. I think, um, you know, I think Mike Bianco would have been a good hire, too. Jay Johnson's 10 years younger than – than, than Mike. Uh, Jim Schlossnagel was interested in the job. He went to A&M. He, he's doing real well there, but I think a lot of those, you know, all three of those guys would have won, and, and I think Jay is the youngest of that group, and, and he, he went to Omaha twice before he got the LSU job. He's already got put together a great roster in his first season, and the second one's going to be better, so he's going to be in that mix for sure. Glenn, hold on. we got to take a break, and then we'll come back, and we'll talk some LSU football. So uh, we have Glenn Gilbo on with All us, right. and you can go on AcadiaPublishing.com and get that book about Skip Burtman, and it's a great read. And for people who really get to know Skip, this is a great book for you. We'll be back with more and Glenn's thoughts on LSU football less than a week away right here on the Big 870 WWL. We're back here on the second guest show. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Hebert, live from the Silver Slipper Casino, beachside in Hancock County, Mississippi. On the line with us now, Glenn Gilbo. Glenn covers LSU football. And, again, we just finished talking to him about his new book out, Everything Matters in Baseball, about Skip Burton. Bobby? Now, uh, you know, Glenn, before I get to the Tigers, I'm looking at their opponent, uh, Florida State. Come on. It's not the Florida State of the 1990s and, uh, you know, Coach Bowen. I mean, so it seems like we've been waiting forever uh, to come uh, this Sunday in the Caesar Superdome for this matchup. Now, it doesn't mean anything, but I'm looking at Florida State. Uh, they've played LSU nine times. They've won seven out of the nine. The last time they met, well, I think about this. I, I was still playing uh, with the Saints. They met in 1991. Florida State won. Uh, 27 to 16 but when I look I talk about a hot seat and you know you always have that whether it's NFL or, or college football uh, they better win or they like gone pecan so to speak I'm looking at back-to-back losing season the third year coach Mike Norvell they're 8 and 13 going into this season they pick uh, I want to say fifth in the uh, ACC Atlantic Atlantic uh, uh, you know the ACC conference and uh, the Atlantic uh, division but uh, overall, Florida State has four losing seasons in a row for the first time since the 1970s. <laughs> so I, I don't know, Glenn. I think we catch catching Florida State at the right time. I, I, I'm like, shame on LSU if we don't win this, even though we have a lot of questions about where we're at as a program. I think we catch catching Florida State at the right time. Yeah, it, it's Florida State is, is, is probably not nearly as good as their last two season openers LSU had, UCLA and Mississippi State and those teams beat LSU but they were pretty average teams they ended up being and you know this this LSU team is not the 2019 team either I mean they're 11-12 the last two years but I do think 
they're probably going to win this game without that much trouble because I think Brian Kelly has a great staff, great coordinator, and play the game better than they had the last couple of years. They're going to be more organized, but you know they're not they're not going to be a great team. Their roster is is not great either, but I think this could be an eight or nine win team, and I, I think they'll be able to run the ball. And uh, I think they're going to start Jaden Daniels, a quarterback, and, and he's an excellent runner. And uh, he's, he's not a bad aerial quarterback as well. So it, 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 it's good that they're not opening up against uh, a more solid team, that's for sure. Now, uh, Glenn, with that being said, uh, Coach Kelly has not uh, announced a, a starting quarterback. But I, I just think it stands to reason – and I just take the common sense approach, uh, not no inside knowledge on this, but why would Jane Daniels, if you started 30 games at Arizona State, why would you come to LSU unless you were promised maybe that you'd almost have to fall on your face not to start, to be the starting quarterback? Right, exactly. I'm sure he did the same thing Joe Burrow did. He looked at the depth right. chart and saw that there was nobody really experienced at starting coming back and, and, you know, you might not have been promised a job, but he was definitely probably told you're going to have a really good shot at it. And, and I think uh, I, I just remember when Jaden first transferred, that was definitely the feeling from the, from the Arizona State camp and the people that covered him. And, uh, you know, he didn't have a great spring. He didn't throw the ball well, uh, particularly the intermediate passes, but he's, he's been better at that in, in August and you know, LSU's offensive line at best is average, so you're going to have to have a running quarterback. Uh, and Derek can run a little bit too, but I think Jaden's going to get the starting job. Glenn, one of the things in talking to a couple of players on that LSU team, <laughs> they tell me, listen, Kayshawn Butte, he is who he is. But if there was an MVP at a camp, it would be Malik Neighbors uh, at wide receiver. And they think the three of them I spoke to said he was unbelievable. In, in camp, and they said on the defensive side, the football, you knew it before anybody else because I saw him, Mason Smith. He's got a chance to be a difference maker up front along that defensive line. Your thoughts on Malik and also Mason? Well, you know, they're, they're really loaded at receiver. I mean, yep. uh, Tayshawn Booty, Jare Jenks, Besh, Brian Thomas Jr., Malik Neighbors. They're, they're really good at that position. Um, so if the offensive line can just play decent, you know, they, they might have a good uh, pass. And uh, Mason Smith was really good on arrival at LSU. I mean, he was, you know, he had some tough, you know, not good coordinators his first two years, and they struggled on, on defense. So I think you might really see him shine this, this season with better coaching on, on the defensive side. Now, uh, Glenn, I'm kind of intrigued with this because when you look at rosters and matchups, uh, you might know how you pronounce his name, but I'm looking at the safety for Florida State. Is J-A-M-M-I-E, is that jammy? Like, oh, that'd be a good, could you jam at the line of scrimmage? I don't know, or is it Jamie Robinson? But I'm looking at uh, Mr. Robinson, and you look at Florida State, uh, that they return every every starter in the uh, secondary and this cat, uh, Jamie or Jamie Robinson, uh, was first team all ACC. Uh, so uh, looking at that, that could be intriguing because you're looking at who they're going to be covering. Uh, but again, if you can run the ball, that helps you pass it. But 
uh, th- that could be some interesting matchups that uh, Florida State secondary, considering all their experience against those LSU receivers. Glenn, don't you think that they're going to try to play a little small ball? I mean, I know you want to get the ball to, to Booty and you want to get it to neighbors, but I think they want to find out just how tough Florida State is it's up, up front. front. Yeah, I, I think so too. Oh, and, and really, Brian Kelly's he's not like a big vertical passing guy. Never really That's right. Been on a consistent basis. He's had a lot of game manager quarterbacks. You know, he, they, they kind of were close to the vest when he was at Notre Dame. So, yeah, I think so. Especially, you know, in his first game, in his first year, I, I think you're going to see that as much more of a, of a running team than, than, you know, definitely than they were in 2019. Um, and, uh, and, and, and really just kind of, that's gonna that's gonna set the pace of their their game plan, I, I think, because yeah, you know, that's the best way to start off uh, a program that's been losing, you know. And they, they have LSU's got they don't have a great back, but they got some decent backs and Noah Noah Kane and Armani Goodwin, and they got a couple of good offensive linemen. Uh, so yeah, I, I think they're gonna try to just just run the ball and kind of control the game and control the clock. Now, uh, Glenn, could you see maybe Florida State challenging that uh, LSU defensive line? The reason why I say this is because you look at the experience here, their quarterback, Jordan Travis, and their uh, running back, Treshawn uh, Ward. The reason why I bring this up, uh, if you look at Florida State's offense, uh, Travis, a dual-threat type quarterback. He's amassed, uh, what, 4,200 yards from scrimmage, 38 touchdowns in 23 career games. But this caught my attention about their running back, award is that led the ACC in averaging basically six and a half yards per carry. Now, uh, wouldn't you be extremely disappointed against LSU when the game's over if Ward averages five and a half, six and a half yards a carry? Well, I mean, I, I would think they're going to try that. I mean, if, when you look at the film of LSU last year, you know, we were just talking about how Florida State – is not that good of a first opponent compared to last year. Well, Florida State's probably looking at LSU saying, you know, we can play with these guys. Right. They're below 500 the last two seasons, and, and their defense the last two years was, was not good up the middle, you know. So, and they, and they were not – they didn't have a good run defense. I mean, they have talent on the defensive line, you know, but it, it hadn't – they had talent on the defensive line last year. It didn't play that well. So – I, th- I think Florida State's going to try to exploit a lot. I mean, I think they'll try to pass quite a bit because, you know, you've got some new faces in the secondary. you got transfers. you got guys that hadn't played much that are going to play now. You're starting the cornerback that was at McNeese last year. So, I think Florida State's not going to be intimidated. I think they're going to try a little bit of everything offensively. Glenn, tell everybody again how they can get the, the book on Skip Bertman. And, man, we appreciate your time tonight. Sure, sure. Uh, AcadianHouse.com slash sports, and uh, you can order the Skip Bertman book that way. Um, it's, uh, it's selling pretty quick, so hurry up. <laughs> it's, a, it's a $30 <laughs> book. I, I, think, uh, I think a lot of people will enjoy it. Um, I, what I hope is that you, you feel like you're back at the old Alex Fox when you're reading the book. Gilbo, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon, bud. Really appreciate it. All right, thanks, Glenn. Thanks to both of y'all. All right, guy. Glenn Gilbo, uh, again, uh, you can check out his new book, and uh, you can find it online. 
You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 